Dr. Doug Casper, University of Illinois College of Medicine here in Peoria, infectious disease specialist, has joined us every Tuesday morning at this time, almost every Tuesday, for about three and three years and some change. In the early days, it was about what are we doing? What is happening? What do we need to know right now, today? What do I need to be doing? Now it's a little bit of a broader conversation. Good morning, doctor. It's good to talk to you. Hi, good morning. Uh, let's start here with this one. The the uh, little kiddos are primarily the target of this right now, but some adults are having it too. Mistaking it for the flu, this norovirus, what is what is happening there? Yeah, norovirus is um, a common uh, GI viral infection that typically causes nausea, vomiting, and diarrhea. The key with noroviruses is that it's highly, highly infectious. It's one of the viruses that has the fewest copies of virus needed to cause illness. And so it also doesn't really generate immunity, meaning that people can become reinfected with norovirus uh, even after they went through an episode. And so we see outbreaks yearly. Um, There's widespread outbreak going on through the United States right now, and almost everybody knows of uh, family or child or school that has a cluster of infections. So when that happens, it really becomes important to try to clean uh, common areas in the house. And this involves with bleach or bleach-based products, uh, bathrooms, uh, showers, uh, eating, living surfaces to try to really minimize the risk of infection in the house. It is spread by touch. I mean, I, I touch something and then my uh, kid touches something and that's how it goes. Yeah, touch, and then it gets into it gets into your body right. through your mouth, or through your you know, as part of food or touching. Sure, your mouth. sure. Yeah, you know, there's a movement now, and I I think it's a good one to help out parents by uh, and it's a bill. I think I think the unions may be pushing it, where they don't have to give a reason why they are missing work because a lot of it is their kids. That's why people go to work sick. They're trying to save up time for when yeah. their kids are sick. And so they're trying to give them more time without telling what what is going on uh, so parents can take days when they're sick and stay home with the kids when they're sick. They don't want to send, uh, send them to school. But I think we really have to, uh, Doug, approach... Um, uh, people being sick and and giving them more days or or finding some way to tell them you've got to stay at home. Yeah, I think this was, you know, a a large part of the lesson learned through three years of COVID was uh, the flexibility required in many areas of of work, whether it's have alternative work from home schedules, have alternative ways to do school from home temporarily is, that uh, the old, you know, mo- the old motto of you know, you suck it up, get through it. You know, you might be sick, but you can get through today. Isn't really always the best way to do it. And so I'm hoping that there is some more uh, understanding when when you have issues with parents, childcare, and illness. Going back to staying with the norovirus for a moment, is there anything you can do once you recognize? Okay, I've got this problem. The GI issues that are right here. What what do you do to battle it, or do you just wear it out? Yeah, it's really tricky. There There is no treatment, um, and most of the people feel quite nauseous. So we tell people to really just simplify for a few days, so focus on hydration. Um, you know, hydration is always the most important thing as far as 
not getting weak, uh, not getting dizzy. For people that are older, you don't want to worry about having falls due to a dizziness brought on by dehydration. Mm-hmm. And so um, stay home, stay near your bathroom, and really just focus on hydration. And if that becomes an issue where the child or someone very old can't keep up, then that's time to call your physician and, and potentially consider whether some IV fluids are required. Got it, got it. Uh, we've been hearing that uh, the southernmost four counties of Illinois have been put on high alert for COVID. So it's interesting, although COVID is kind of being in control, uh, being controlled now and is less of a threat, we're still going to see cycles of COVID, aren't we? Yeah, you know, that's a good way to put it because there's nothing that's changed as far as the dominant strain, variant strain of COVID. It's really been the same since around New Year's. And this is a long period now where we haven't talked about an emerging strain or some type of change where even across the world you would see prediction of something changing. In fact, even some of the more strict cities in the world have finally um, removed uh, mask mandates. And so I do think it's important for people to understand periods of higher activity, COVID activity, especially if they're in a very specialized group that we, you know, immunocompromised or older age where they might be at higher risk but as far as like changes in the variable you know the variables of COVID there really hasn't been uh, anything of significance in the last over two to three months now which is unusually long period for how we've talked of COVID. All right I want to switch over to something that is a broad stroked question and uh, you are not a mental health provider a mental health care provider uh, but uh, uh, I think all doctors have to deal with the aspect of their patient's uh, mental health in in the context of whatever your specialty is. For you, it's infectious diseases. It seems to me over the last three years and change, a lot of us, kids, because they were isolated from their friends in school, parents maybe, or uh, adults because they were isolated from their friends and workmates, that there's a, there's a, um, a concern about mental health as it relates to the pandemic. What does the medical community say about that? It's almost, Greg, and for some people, a stressor like a PTSD. Almost like that. What is the medical community saying, Doc? Yeah, uh, it's a significant concern. Um, There there was a period early on with COVID of uncertainty as Mm -hmm. far as who was at risk and how to mitigate risk and what what approaches should be taken. And then over um, a longer period of time, there's much more understanding, but uh, most people don't think about their health, um, their mortality, their risk of becoming seriously ill, and then the other impacts on their job, their education. These are not common topics that we discuss, you know, as part of everyday life. And right. For the last three years, they've become that. And so that, uh, each of us deal with that differently. People have had impacts on their financial situation, on their employment, on life events, they've missed life events. And uh, mental health is a giant hole, uh, not only our local medical system, but our national medical system. Uh, We need more options, we need more providers, we need ways for people to access uh, mental health specialists when these things arise. And so there is some commitment in the area. There's been a proposed uh, new mental health facility, specialty facility, a regional area that is, you know, been proposed and be on deck in the future, but uh, everyone is aware that it's lacking, and we really need to uh, commit to coming up with better resources. 
You know, and and one of the things that uh, I read about was the uh, impact it had on on seniors, older seniors, sure. being isolated from their grandkids, yeah, yeah. or when they get sick, they can't have anyone by their bedside. It took a toll on. I them. never thought about it until you said it, Doctor. The the fear of your own mortality, not the fear of it, but the thought of it. You don't, you don't normally go around thinking about that, and maybe until you're way in your upper ages, but. Um, now, all of a sudden, 50-year-olds are thinking about it. Well, that's not a healthy thing to deal with all the time. All right, sir, we appreciate your time. Have a great rest of your week. That's Dr. Doug Casper, University of Illinois College of Medicine here in Peoria.